Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor is Yasmin Aliyah Khan, host of Global Thread Podcast. So glad it is returning tomorrow, also Rebel HQ contributor. And bullpen, my debate will be with Jane Bombauer. Conspiracy theories, the rise of QAnon will be the focus. Should be a fascinating conversation. Top story of the day, the sheriff of Liberty County has spoken. And he is defending his deputies who went on a bus of college students and decided to bring drug sniffing dogs to go through their bags. This sheriff is defending them. Okay, let me remind you of what happened. All right, so these dumbass deputies assumed obviously that a group of college students who are on the lacrosse team coming from a tournament in Florida, driving through the state of Georgia, they were obviously trafficking narcotics. We're gonna find some narcotics here. Who in the hell would assume that college students are trafficking narcotics from Florida to Georgia back to their school in Delaware? All right, let's put up a picture of the sheriff of Liberty County, the guy in charge of those deputies. There he is. His name is Sheriff William Bowman, all right? Delaware State University's women's lacrosse team was heading home from a game in Florida when deputies pulled over their bus. Liberty County Sheriff William Bowman said the bus was traveling in the left-hand lane on the interstate illegally, all right, traffic citation. That's what that means, you write a ticket, you keep it moving. He said his deputies had been working on the interstate all morning when they pulled over the bus and the onsite canine detected something in the compartment under the bus. Okay, so that's what they're standing behind. Oh, It was the canine, the canine detected something. Who brought the K9 to the bus? Oh, okay. There's more. But the team, mostly comprised of African Americans, felt the situation was racially motivated. Delaware State's pre, uh, president uh, said law enforcement attempted to intimidate the student athletes. Let's put up a picture of Dr. Tony Allen. He's the president of Delaware State University. There's Dr. Allen. Dr. Allen is furious. The Attorney General of Delaware has now gotten involved. Let's put up a picture of the AG of Delaware. Delaware's Attorney General is calling on a federal investigation to investigate this incident. What's the word from the federal government? Nothing, not a damn thing. The DOJ is not responding whatsoever. 
Sheriff Bowman held a press conference. Now I want you to understand the insanity of this. The sheriff held a press conference on Tuesday to discuss the traffic stop, but left without taking questions from the media. But he sat down for an interview Wednesday morning to share his thoughts on the national spotlight being put on Liberty County. Sheriff Bowman said the K-9 hit the front part, hit on the front part of the vehicle in an under the bus compartment, which is nothing unusual, he said. If a dog hits on a vehicle, then we'll search it. That's common practice throughout the United States. There's more, nothing was found in the search. Something the sheriff said is not unusual. Sometimes it happens, Sheriff Bowman said, adding, there's no definite timeline how long the odor will stay in the air, but the dog will catch that. Not saying something was there then, but it could have been there previously. (laughs) There's more silliness. The reporter said, did your deputies do anything wrong? Sheriff said, no, but we could have done things a lot better. (laughs) And we would like to get more feedback from the university and talk to the students, Sheriff Bowman said. There's a lot of things going on in our country that a lot of people consider to be racial. But here in Liberty County, uh, that is something we do not practice. I do not allow it. And I will not let it happen, okay? The sheriff in that same press conference said that he's launching a probe, an investigation into the conduct of his deputies. He said that during the press conference. And in the same press conference, he concluded that none of this was racially motivated. Wait a minute, sheriff. I thought that's what the probe was for. I thought that's why you're launching the investigation in order to find out if it was in fact racially motivated. So literally you have an executive in law enforcement showing you the sham of the investigation. Literally coming up with the probe, Oh, we're going to do the right thing here. And the conclusion in the exact same press conference. Some have questioned the motivation, the reporter asked, behind searching a graduation gift. Can you explain? There's a graduation gift that was heavily searched. The reporter said, can you explain this? The sheriff said, "Um, well, I cannot think about what the deputy was thinking at that time. But my initial, um, when I looked at it, I didn't know exactly what it was either, the sheriff said. Let's put up the picture of the sheriff again. Now, sir, it's obvious to me, you don't run a damn thing but your mouth. They run you. While Liberty County has a significant African-American population, they have an African-American sheriff. According to the county commissioners I spoke to this morning, the power structure is still white. He is handpicked by that same power structure. According to the commissioners that oversee that office who wish to remain anonymous. Uh, But if you did a search of mine, you know, social media, you can probably find out what commissioners are for this guy and which ones are not. All right, so the 
good sheriff there. He wants to talk to the university students. He wants to have a powwow. Now I want you to understand how this insanity is unfolding. He wants to talk to the students, okay? He wants to talk to the university students who were harassed by his deputies. Did he say that he needs to have a conversation with his deputies? Did he say that his deputies need to be disciplined? He admitted his deputies were, were wrong. He admitted that these kids did nothing wrong. He admitted that there were there was no drug, um, there were no drugs nor drug paraphernalia. He admitted to this. So let me get this right, Sheriff. You need to have a conversation with the students who were harassed, but you don't need to have a conversation with your deputies who did the harassing. Yasmin, thoughts here. For all of the rhetoric that we've been hearing around freedoms and Americans and all this stuff, I mean, we are not far from a police state here. And I wanted to touch on your your the last point that you just made. Why is he talking to the students? They did nothing wrong, right? They weren't driving the bus. If this was just a regular traffic stop, which is what it started off as, the students are the ones to blame, right? I don't really know why they got on the bus. They said the dog found something, but then they didn't find anything after they harassed this entire bus full of students. And that's the other thing. These are students, these are university students and they're athletes, right? These people are not the ones to bring drug paraphernalia on a bus, especially going across state lines, especially when they're on a school field trip, basically, right? Not a field trip, but you know, an athletic thing. These are not the people that you need to be worried about. The cops are the ones who overstep their boundaries. And I think they knew that and the, the, the sheriff needs to acknowledge that and he needs to talk to his own deputies. And the other thing I think with cops, the thing that rubs so many people the wrong way about them is their condescension, the way that they talk to people, right? Everything that the cop was saying when he was talking to the students on the bus was super irritating for me, you know, and I have an attitude problem. So it's very hard for me to not talk back to people like that when they're talking to me one way. But in a situation like that, there's really very little that you can do or even say against the cop, especially when they have a gun in their pocket or on their holster, wherever they keep it, right? So a lot of these cops, they get all of their authority from that gun in their holster, right? Otherwise, don't talk to me that way, that's it, that's it. You know, They don't really have any authority beyond the fact that they can kill you and they can hurt you and they can throw you in jail or they could frame you even, which is something that happens way more often than is talked about. That's right, that's mm -hmm. right, all right, we're gonna continue to follow. Uh, this story, as I said, the Attorney General of Delaware has reviewed the video. Um, she is convinced that the uh, that the police need to be investigated, the deputies need to be investigated by the federal government. Um, her name is Jennings, so we're going to see what happens with that uh, referral to the Department of Justice. The cops tase and arrest a black woman for being 50 cent short on her bus fare. She had $2, the bus fare was $2.50. Let me show you the video, here it is. Here we go. 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 Here we go.
They did all of this because she was 50 cents short on a $2.50 bus ride. There's more video. This is SEPTA police officers, Southern Pennsylvania Transit Authority. Here's what happened next. It's a damn shame, right? Remember, the entire arrest was because of 50 damn cent. SEPTA police say they're investigating after a series of videos showing officers hitting and then tasing a woman at the Frankfurt Transportation Center on Wednesday. This surfaced on social media, now there's a response. SEPTA spokesperson Andrew Bush said, those events unfolded after police officers responded to a bus driver's call for assistance with a woman who would not exit the vehicle at Frankfurt Transportation Center. Now, I want us to pause on this point, okay? The bus driver is at fault here as well. Who calls the police on someone who is 50 cents short on bus fare? You lack all humanity, period. The human response is to either let it slide or B, put the two quarters in the damn machine yourself. This is real simple, people, this is not complex. Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. That's what Dr. King told us. But these moments of our journey, these small moments where we can just do the very decent thing. But instead, we do the egregious thing as a human race. And instead of just giving the woman 50 cent or allowing her to bypass that 50 cent mark and say, you know what, madam, it's okay. It's all right, it's on me today. Instead of exercising that level of humanity, that level of connection to the common person. You rather call a gun. You're saying, anytime you call the police, you're saying, I need a gun to handle this situation. So now we need guns for two quarters. That's what this country has de evolved into. We need a gun to handle 25 cent and 25 cent, 50 pennies, two quarters. We need a gun now. There's more. Uh, the spokesperson did not identify the woman um, who he said is 24 years of age, a young lady, and said charges against her 
had not yet been approved. We were hoping they are never approved. The spokesperson added that she was taken to Jefferson Frankfurt Hospital to be evaluated, which he said is standard procedure when a taser is deployed. Okay, for everyone who is concerned about government spending and government waste, I'm concerned about it myself. Over two quarters, do you realize how much money the city, the government has to pay because of what they ended up doing? The man hours, the hospital visit, all of that has to be paid by the government because she was in their custody going to the hospital. She is hospitalized because of their actions. All of this is now government funded over two quarters. Does this make sense to anyone? There's more. Uh, the Transit Police Office of Professional Responsibility conducts reviews of every use of force incident and will conduct an investigation into this incident. Anyone who witnessed the incident is urged to contact them. The spokesperson said that'll uh, all be examined, that video and any other available from body cameras. There will be a thorough examination of all of that evidence, all right? Back in December of 2021, a SEPTA transit police officer was charged with simple battery, um, endangering another person uh, and other charges for alleged excessive use of a taser on a man who was verbally threatening a SEPTA employee, all right? Um, and they have a history of utilizing significant excessive force against citizens who are just trying to get from point A to point B, all right? Uh, Yasmin, thoughts on this case? There's so much here. I mean, first of all, it's incredibly traumatizing for anyone to go through what she went through. And anyone who says that they would act differently in a similar situation is lying to themselves. Because I, like, if I was her, I would also be just as helpless and delirious and just confused. And she kept asking, why am I being arrested? And we're lucky that all she got was tased and handcuffed, right? And then you brought up a good point. There were three cops there, three cops to deal with a 50 cent indiscretion and then a hospital bill on top of that, right? So who's paying for all of that? And is that a good use of city money? And then if we have a society where somebody is getting tased because they don't have 50 cents for public transportation, we have so many other much bigger much bigger problems to talk about on a level to where this person needed 50 cents just to get on the bus and didn't have it, right? For whatever reason, that's a societal systemic issue that we that needs to be addressed. And it's not going to be addressed with police force. It's not going to be addressed by just harassing people who are just, as he said, trying to get from point A to point B. If that was her crime, it really wasn't the worst thing in the world. And 50 cents, I don't even have 50 cents on me right now. I don't have two quarters in my hands. Like, who has 50 cents? I don't know. But I mean, that's beside the point. But at the same time, it is a bigger problem. And the fact that we are just in. Helping people, giving people more reason to distrust the police and distrust our institutions, it's not good. While they're still demanding that we we need to trust them because they're there to serve and protect, right? That's what they keep telling us, but we keep seeing that that is not the case. One of my dogmatic doctrines inside of the classroom as a professor is to teach my students that you should never criminalize poverty. Mm -hmm. Poverty yeah. is really not a choice, it's a policy. The reason why poverty exists is because of out of control capitalism. In order for capitalism to thrive, it requires a permanent underclass in order for that system 
to be maintained. And that is something that we have to flip upside down. All right. The police, they decide to throw a 61 year old grandmother to the ground, break her arm because she had the audacity to record them. Here's the video. Body cameras are now on. Okay, no. Our body cameras are now filming. I'm letting you know. You see right there? You see that tranquil? You can't record. Ma'am, we're asking you to leave. You're not leaving, and you're not allowed to record. Turn around. A 61 year old grandmother committed no crime, had her arm broken by New York PD. Let's put up her picture. Let me give you some background. Let's keep her picture up. Give you some background to this. This woman. Her name is Patricia Rodney. She is now pursuing legal action. That's your update to this case. There's now a lawsuit. Miss Rodney, who's diabetic, was visiting the station on December 2nd, 2020. Why was she there? She was there to pick up a copy of a police report that she'd filed about a missing glucometer as required by her insurance provider. This is standard, this is a standard thing. But instead of helping Ms. Rodney, the officers turned her away. So she became frustrated, right? And she decided to turn on her camera phone. And at least six officers decided to swarm her because of this. Listen, think about it. This 61 year old grandmother has a requirement to have a police report because somebody committed theft. So she has to get a police report. She goes to do this. There's an officer that actually told her, here's how you do it. She goes to do it. These officers act like she's not even present. They decide to turn her away, reject her, treat her like a second class citizen, third class citizen, however you would like to categorize it. And she gets upset and what does she do? She doesn't commit a crime. She doesn't try to destroy property. She doesn't fight the police. She turns on a recording device on her phone because now she's irritated enough to expose what's happening. This is for exposure. So she turns on her camera in order to expose this. What do they do? They break her arm, 61 year old grandmother. There's more. Ms. Rodney works at a local school cafeteria, that's her job. 
She is medically required to check her blood sugar at least five times a day. And she needed a copy of the report faxed to her insurer for a replacement glucometer, according to the complaint. Despite being instructed by a cop two days earlier to return for a copy of the report later in the week, she was denied by at least three different officers, one of whom told her she'd have to go to the NYPD headquarters in Manhattan for a copy, all right? Now remember, she already found it. It's already a filed report. She just needs the copy. She's told copy has been generated. You gotta come here to pick it up. She comes to pick it up. All these officers start playing games with her. Now, Ms. Rodney was taken to a local hospital for treatment after the encounter where she remained handcuffed, okay? That's according to the lawsuit. She had a fractured elbow as well as swelling in both arms, elbows and wrists, the complaint says. She was charged with what? Resisting arrest, that's your catch all. Obstructing governmental administration, disorderly conduct and criminal trespass, all of which were completely dismissed later by a judge. Ms. Rodney is looking for monetary compensation for the emotional damage and physical injuries caused by that gruesome and unwarranted arrest. But the lawsuit also, also calls into question a controversial NYPD policy around filming the police. So let me give you some background to this. Three years ago, the department prohibited recordings inside of police precincts. While the merit of the new policy was never officially settled, the New York City Council passed a law in 2020 declaring cops susceptible to legal action if they stop someone from filming police duties. The right to record police is widely accepted as a First Amendment right in the US. Over the past 25 years, several district US courts have upheld filming police as constitutionally protected and a form of expression. So long as the person recording the activity does not interfere with the police investigation. Remy Green, who is Ms. Rodney's attorney, hopes a decision will provide much needed clarity on the matter because in New York City, what is and isn't allowed to be recorded appears to be unclear even to its leaders. In March, Mayor Eric Adams asked New Yorkers to either stand further back from cops when recording them or invest in a new phone to better capture moments. The suggestion was widely panned because the mayor failed to present examples of people being too close to an arrest while documenting it. Let me put up the picture of some of the leaders of New York. Buck is supposed to stop with them. You have Mayor Eric Adams, you have Chief Corey and you have Commissioner Sewell, all right? Meanwhile, while these individuals cannot um, get their heads from up their own behinds, the GOP in Oklahoma, Florida and Arizona have all passed laws restricting a person's freedom to record the police. Now, I want to remind everybody, a recording captures the truth. If police are operating in a way that is justifiable and righteous to the community they serve, that cop wants everyone to record them. If I were a cop, and listen, I never would be, but let's say in a land called La La, I was the police. I would want a camera on me all damn day. 
because I would not engage in corruption. I would make sure everybody's rights are protected. Good cops should want cameras at all times. Because if somebody dare say lies on you, you have video evidence proving that you are officer friendly. And all of this jargon about most cops are good. You gotta understand, if most cops are good, why is it that when one cop acts ridiculous, all of the cops around them act ridiculous too? And when we have the rare occasion of a police officer who steps in and stops a bad cop, that police officer has to damn near go into witness protection. Not because they are afraid of members of the community, they are afraid of their coworkers who happen to be other cops. Yasmin, thoughts on this case? Dr. Richie, I think I'm just in a mood today because I can't handle these stories. First of all, as far as being recorded, these are public servants, right? They're not just regular citizens who don't want to be recorded in their daily lives. These are public servants and they're on the clock. They're working right now. And again, like I, I don't want to keep harping on the money aspect of it, but like there's a lawsuit now that the NYPD is going to have to deal with, the state of New York, whoever. But how much money are they going to spend just because some cops literally just didn't want to do their job that day? It was such a simple thing that she was asking for. There was no illegality. She was just doing her due diligence and they just didn't want to help her. And then she even had the courtesy to tell them that she was recording them. You know, And it's a 61 year old woman, like that could have been my mom, that could have been any one of my aunts that I have living in New York City. So it is really distressing to see. But yeah, like going back to, to the money thing, I hate that that's the most important thing because this is really, really traumatic for the people who are going through these things. But in a capitalistic society, that's the only thing that talks, right? This is just a really, really inefficient use of of money. That's it. You know, I mean, apart from all the other things that it is, that seems to be the one thing that might actually get anyone in the government or any one of the officials to actually do something about this. That's right, hit them in the pockets. Unfortunate, mm-hmm. but true reality. We got more on the other side is indisputable stick and stay. All right, got a lot of show left. Don't forget reactions with Ravana, Tesha knowledge of, um, of fake news, all right? So uh, they do this thing. And it's funny and informative at the same time. You gotta laugh not to cry sometimes. So make sure you check out Reactions with Ravana. Very engaging show Thursdays, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time. It's a Twitch exclusive, twitch.tv forward slash TYT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're gonna feel great, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. You know what, they might be beautiful, but they're stolen. You know they are. They're not stolen. They're not sell for seats by law, yes, they're seats to prove that they're not stolen. That's the law. They're fruit. Okay, we're still. Where's the confidence, Sam? Sell things that aren't stolen. I'm the resident of this neighborhood, that's why. Where do you, are you going to live here? I'm going to sue you. Oh, why are you suing me? No, no, this is illegal. This is government property. No, no, this is an R1 zoning district. R1 zoning district means strictly residential, no businesses. He has no business permit. Let me finish. If my kid wants to put a lemonade stand here, are you going to call the police? Yes, I am. Okay, what do you want to do? 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 Ok
names. That's different. That's you're different. a bully. No, you're, you are, you're an idiot. You're a fool. And I'm protecting my property rights. Where in the hell? Okay. You're protecting all of these neighbors. It doesn't matter. It's illegal. You, it's not illegal. I got more video. This male Karen decided to then take his car and actually run over the fruit stand. He was later arrested. I have the video of the arrest as well. You don't want to miss that. Now, I'm so proud of this anti-Karen who made a remarkable point. Not only was she defending the fruit stand operator's right to be there, she made a point he had no comeback for. She said, if my child, by implication, white child, if my child had a lemonade stand here, would you treat him this way? Oh, that's different. But wait a minute. The entire reason that this male Karen said he's engaging in this manner is because there's no receipt with the fruits. A lemonade stand, typically no receipts either. But he would not have had that response. You're right to that male Karen, it is different. Now, I need to show you this next video, but before I do that, you have to catch it. It happens really quickly. This was captured on a driver's dash cam video. A driver had a dash cam video going and captured this same male Karen in front of him running over the fruit stand. Here it is. So quick. It was so quick. All right. All right. Now, they press charges. Good for them. Here's that male Karen being arrested. Yeah, let's put up a screenshot. This male Karen in all of his glory. There it is. That's called taking responsibility. That's called accountability. That's called repercussion. The TikToker who was following the incident pressed charges on the male Karen, whose name is Daniel J. McGuire. That's his name. He was arrested when keeping it caring goes wrong. Yasmin, happy ending here, my opinion. Yeah, for once. And what a good Samaritan this guy was being. My, like, I don't understand why people just can't see things and be like, uh, I don't like that, but whatever. And just go on about your day, right? Did you really need to be arrested over this? Did you really need to engage all these other people? Did you really need to upset a man who is just trying to sell some fruit? On the side of a road, like it's really not a huge deal, but the things that people choose to make into big deals, it's like, is this just misdirected aggression? Are you mad about something else? Did you have a bad day? What is happening? But we're very fortunate that it was caught on video. We're also very fortunate that there was somebody else there to defend this guy. And I mean, it was so funny to me the way he was talking about like, what was legal and what you're allowed to do. It's like, who are you, sir? What is your, what is your, occupation? Why do you feel like you have any right to profess any of these things to people? I don't know what your qualifications are. You probably don't have any if you're just some random guy walking up to a fruit stand. And then on top of that, it's like, why do you feel the need to enforce whatever rules you're professing to on, on other people? You know, you can't, if you don't like something, that's your problem. You have to deal with that. That's not for everybody else to have to deal with. And that's a problem with Karen's, I guess. Yeah, that's right. And listen, mm -hmm. his qualification is that he's a white man. That's his qualification. He gets to go wherever he chooses 
and make whatever laws up he wants to and then break them without responsibility. This is not a person who is concerned about the law because literally he's the person who ran over the fruit stand with his vehicle, broke the law and got arrested later. Judge appointed by Governor DeSantis has deemed DeSantis to be racist. Yeah, let's put up a picture of the judge, let's do this. Let's put up a picture of the judge who has basically deemed Governor DeSantis to be a racist governor. A Florida judge said on Wednesday that he will reject a congressional map that was backed by Governor DeSantis. He argued the map violated the state constitution by disbanding a district with a large black population. That black population was roughly 40%. The redistricting plan was approved by Governor DeSantis and his cronies on the legislature. It has significant pushback from black lawmakers and also their allies. They said it was racist. They said what Governor DeSantis is doing is racist. And guess what? The judge agrees and that judge whose name is Lane Smith was appointed by Governor DeSantis. The map gives Republicans an advantage in most of the state's 28 congressional seats and it divides up Representative Al Lawson's fifth district into several Republican leaning districts. Governor DeSantis argued the redistricting plan eliminated a racially gerrymandered fifth district. But the decision drew a legal challenge from voting groups who said the map favored Republicans and decreased black voting power. Let's put the picture of this hero of a judge, all right? Now, let me say this, this judge has made other rulings I disagree with. But today he's a good man, in my opinion. It has been argued by state officials that the long and narrow district was redrawn as well because it wasn't compact. Uh, judge Lane Smith, Leon County Circuit uh, judge was appointed by DeSantis just two years ago. Uh, he's the one issuing the injunction against the racist policy. During a hearing earlier this week, Smith said he will issue a formal order Thursday or Friday to keep Governor DeSantis maps from taking effect in the November election. He has told them, now I'm not making a threat, but I'm telling you here's what's going to happen this week. Uh, Judge Smith said the new map runs afoul of the Florida Constitution fair districts amendments because it dismantles Northern Florida's fifth congressional district where black residents make up more than 40% of the population. A move that diminishes African Americans ability to elect the representative of their choice. He agreed that the map is more compact, but the issue of allowing black voters to choose their representatives is more important than the optics of the map. That's what the judge said. Um, Governor DeSantis and his office already confirmed it will appeal the ruling to a higher court. They are confident the constitutional map enacted by the Florida legislature and signed into law passes legal muster. That's a quote from their communications director. Um, the case will head now to a state appellate court uh, and could eventually reach the Florida Supreme Court.
which leans which way exactly. All right, Yasmin, thoughts here? Yeah, um, this combined with everything going on with the Roe v. Wade decision from SCOTUS. You know, I was born in 1988, right? And when I was learning about the civil rights movement in the United States, I mean, really, it was only a few decades before when I was born, but it felt like so long ago. It felt like those were problems of the past and we don't have to deal with these things anymore. And now look at where we are, look at how regressive we've gotten as an entire nation. And we've let this minority of people just control the majority of Americans, right? With things that they don't agree with, right? And there, there's it's proven. There's polling that re- reflects that. You know, the decisions that are being made on behalf of the American people do not reflect the views and opinions and the values of the actual American people. And that's what we're seeing here. And luckily, this time there was a judge who said, "No, this is wrong." Especially considering that he he does have ties to DeSantis, it's it's pretty remarkable that that even happened in the first place. But it shouldn't be. That's why they're judges, right? And judges are fallible; they're human too. But they're supposed to be better than the rest. They're supposed to at least default to the law. And of course, gerrymandering is legal. Redistricting is legal along party lines. You can, and both parties do this, by the way. It's not just a Republican thing, but both parties you can redistrict in a way that benefits your party. But when it's done along racial lines and you try to skew it as party lines and things like that, it is very problematic and it's it's a representative government that doesn't want to represent anyone. It doesn't want to represent the people apart from the people who are already in power. I'm an advocate to change that entire system. You will Mm -hmm. never eliminate all politics out of the gerrymandering process, but you can decrease the level of politics by enacting independent committees, bipartisan commissions, etc. There are ways to do this without it being under the sole control of one party or the other. The only group guaranteed to lose in that scenario are everyday people. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. This is an update. Remember the school teacher, the school teacher who had a history of molesting children still was allowed to teach in a school. Well, guess what? As we said, he has now been sentenced to prison for what? Molesting children, for rape. Let's put up his picture. Let me remind you of this guy, Robert Vanel, V-A-N-E-L. This is a former Metro Atlanta teacher has now been sentenced to 10 years in prison. No eligibility for parole in those 10 years. He pleaded guilty last week to charges of rape, aggravated child molestation, false imprisonment, and two counts of child molestation. Now, let me give you some context to this. We covered this pervert a few months ago. We were able to expose that he had a history with two other educational institutes. Two other schools were aware of his checkered past and his perversion. But these other institutions decided not to rock the boat, contact law enforcement. Some parents were aware of his perversion and decided to contact the new school he was hired in. One of those schools said, well, We knew about it, but he came with such strong recommendations. I kid you not, I'm not making this up, it's in the story. He literally got a job 
where the hiring authority at the school said she was aware of his background and the accusations of abusing and molesting children, but decided that his letters of recommendation was so strong that it simply paled. That paled in comparison. Um, his child molestation background was not an issue to her. Ridiculous, insane, but real. Uh, former Metro Atlanta um, teacher, 10 years in prison. Robert Venel, 64 years of age, previously employed as a teacher at the Fulton Academy of Science and Technology. They call themselves FAST for short, charter school in Roswell, Georgia, all right? And Linden Academy in Holly Springs. That was another institution that he taught at as well. Let's put up a picture of the principal of FAST Academy, all right? That's your principal, Stan J. Biner, all right? On September 2nd, 2021, the Roswell Police Department arrested Vandal on a number of sexual assault charges. Vandal had been initially arrested on rape and other charges for assaulting a student at FAST. He then faced additional charges linked to a second victim, according to police. Vandal was teaching at Linden Academy at the time of his arrest. He was going from school to school. Warrants from Fulton County claim Vandal was having online chats with several students while at FAST. It also stated Vandal's classroom used to be in a trailer outside of the main building as several students were seen going to the trailer during recess, lunch and after school. The warrant also stated that this teacher kept roaches, lizards and a hedgehog in his classroom to encourage students to spend time there when they were not in class. It also claimed Vandal gave students candy and ice cream when they visited his classroom, that was his recruitment playground, and they let him do it. Now, this is when you need a real one to be the police. Where's the charge against the principal that hired him, knowing he had allegations and credible allegations of sexual abuse? Where's the charge for child endangerment? Hmm. For every administrator that was aware of this background, who still decided to sign off on the employment, why is there not a warrant nor an indictment? You have to understand the power of white privilege to for this to make sense. If you are a black male, and I have friends that are black men who teach in K through 12 education. If you get a damn traffic ticket as a black male teacher, there's a problem. You have to write a summary, you have to give explanation to the school, and you still may not be able to return to the classroom. Don't get a super speeder, you got real problems. And listen, you get a DUI, you can hang it up. Even if you get help, don't drink anymore, years of sobriety, hang it up, you're done. But this guy, multiple institutions still hired him after these known allegations. The reason why it came to our attention a few months ago is because parents from one of the previous institutions decided to be proactive and they are the ones who made noise when he kept getting hired at other schools. That's how it came to our attention. Well, he's gonna be in prison for at least 10 years. He should be there more. The victims that we know about, Probably not even the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, ask me thoughts on this. 
I just don't understand why there are all these institutions that are supposed to protect people and protect our children, especially, and they're just not doing that, right? We're letting down our children at every step of the way in the society that we've built for ourselves. And it's it's becoming, the, the problems are compounding upon one another and they're hard to separate from each other. And it's very distressing, you know, it, it, every time I even consider having children, it's very scary. It's so scary, especially considering having children here in this country and here in Texas for that matter. I live in Texas. So it, it is very scary. I'm glad that this guy was finally caught, but it is a bigger issue about all these people who knew what was going on and still didn't do anything. And these are educators, these are people who chose this profession, not for the money. We know they didn't do it for the money. They did it because they wanted to be there, right? And all these people, their job, part of their job, a big part of their job is to protect these children and they did not do it. And none of them will be held accountable for this. The first obligation of a K through 12 educator is the protection of the child. Second obligation is to education curriculum. Third obligation is to social development. I was a high school teacher for years and these are very simple tenets of teaching. Take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.